0: Call in at 303-690-3000.
2: Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome, everyone that's tuned in on the East Coast, everyone that's tuned in uh, close to the East Coast, everyone online, or even around the world, we have people listening in, and we're very grateful. Uh, to be available and to serve you and to have a relationship with you over uh, technology. And we are here to take your calls, 303 690 303 690 is the number. Again, taking your calls and your questions, uh, waiting on the Holy Spirit to give us insight in the Word of God to answer the questions related to God and that's how the show works. So you with no calls, the show goes very slow. But with the four lines, the show goes very quickly. And we're able to answer questions. We open the Bible together 303 And please, if you uh, can't call but you're in a safe place, you can always text the show. We have a dedicated texting line, 720 Of course. Uh, we have we mentioned this, but it's always good to mention the texting line is not a phone line to receive messages. So I know it does have voicemail attached to it, but if you leave a message, we will not get it. We will not listen to it. Uh, and and so if you have any questions, call go through our website gracefm.com uh, to contact us. Don't leave a message there. We won't get to it. We won't answer it. We won't respond to it. But you can always text us during the show, no matter where you are at this time, uh, how you're listening to the show, you can text us, 303 690 303 is the number, taking your calls and your questions. Yeah, my name is Ed Taylor, I pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora and grateful to uh, have that privilege um, God has been um, allowing me to do some really neat stuff lately. Um, one of them was I taught a men's study, a mini-conference, over at Denver Bi- Denver Christian Bible Church. My friend, Pastor John Moreland, um, had a group of men together, and I was one of three uh, teachers there this last Saturday, and it was just a glorious time uh, talking about being a man of God. And I, I, my responsibility was how to be a man of God um, in your relationship to God, and I felt compelled to share on the topic of Caleb and finishing our race well. seems to be a key theme um, that we hear uh, lately that it's important to finish our race well, um, that we're in a race, and, and it's God's heart for us to finish, and not just to finish, but to finish well. Um, to run our ways, not to be disqualified, you know, not be, not not to take away from the the need to honor God in our lives, and not to fall by the wayside. Um, I don't think any of us want to be disqualified or fall by the wayside. We want to run our race well. Uh, and so I shared on Caleb because at the end of his life, he's there and he's saying, "Look, I remember the word of God, Joshua, and I want my inheritance. I'm here. I made it." And I want my inheritance. And praise God for an example like that. Um, and then last night, um, I had the privilege of teaching a group of students at Denver Seminary at their uh, extension campus in Aurora, or really in Lowry. And John, again, with my friend John Morland, uh, who happens to be just a phenomenal man of God and pastor, uh, and I taught on the topic of mission and vision developing and communicating your mission and vision uh, as a church, uh, as a, uh, being involved in ministry, being involved, just knowing uh, the direction of your life and just learning ministry. So um, we were there till late in the evening with this group of men and women. I got to meet a lot of new friends uh, over the course, and that's really one of the blessings. I, I mean, I, I think first and foremost to be entrusted by God to teach his word is an amazing thing that I never take lightly. And then to be entrusted by a friend, um, by a pastor friend with the congregation, that's never to be taken lightly. And then uh, to be able to meet new people and make new friends and learn from one another. You know, a lot of times we walk in as a teacher, and we are. God is God did send me to be a teacher last night and uh, Saturday, but also good teachers are always, remember this, those of you that aspire to teaching, um, good teachers must be good learners, and so, whenever I'm involved in whoever I'm talking to, I remember I have a lot to learn, and I'm always eager to learn something new, uh, to to gain new knowledge, new insight, uh, and uh, and and so it's a privilege. Uh, tonight, I'll be walking into the sanctuary as a teacher. Uh, we have our midweek Bible study here. We're on our last study of a series I've entitled "Free from Your Past," and it's just that that heaviness that I've sensed. Um, in our congregation and, and also in others of living with the weight of condemnation and so we've been looking at a mini series because we're in between books you know at calvary here we teach through the bible verse by verse but we're in between books we just finished second kings and we're going to be doing a new book here soon that we're ready to announce in the next couple weeks it's going to be very exciting uh, as we uh, move in a new direction uh, because we're going in a new book it's going to be great can't wait to announce it but we're not quite ready to announce it yet, but it's coming, and I'll be there tonight. So not only will I be teaching, though, I'm also going to be learning. I had a fascinating uh, lunch with a couple today, uh, just learning about adoption and learning about foster parenting, and I'm very excited. Um, that couple happens to be our worship pastor, Ian, and uh, his wife, Katie, who uh, Oversees, uh, helps to oversee administratively our missions ministry, uh, and has been doing a lot with missions herself, being a former missionary. Uh, and so, Ian and Katie is on next Wednesday. I want to announce next Wednesday we're going to have a special service where uh, we learn about adoption and foster parenting and and just a lot of not everything, but a lot of behind the scenes of what goes on in a family, why it's biblically important. Um, the w- the, the nuances of the Deson family and encouragement to you to be open to foster parent, you be open to adopting, and, and the reasons why biblically, and and then we're gonna it's a, it's a, we got a really special night planned. We've never done anything like this before. It's brand new for us, so we're very excited. Uh, it's gonna be an interview style Bible study dialogue. It's really cool. Um, I'm I'm a little concerned because I've never done it before. But I'm really open to doing new things, and I want to. I think that I think that this message is important, and it's rooted in the word. So it's not like we're just going to go up and talk. Like it's rooted. Katie and Ian are very grounded in God's word, so it's rooted in the word. Um, and what what verse do you think it would be rooted in? True and undefiled religion is this: to look over the orphans and widows. And I I. I, not only did I learn a lot at lunch, um, but I'm eager to grow next week. And by the way, you know one of the things that, again that just in my life is uh, listening to them and hearing their heart uh, is that I'm adopted. So uh, I know my parents. I know how they treated me. I know what they I, I know they're great. Although they weren't super communicative, um, so I. I don't know all the emotions or feelings behind it, but I do know their love for me, and I know why they adopted, and I know that they're committed to it. I know that I'm fully their child, and and I and I, they viewed me that way, and I know that. But I'm man, it was just great. I can't wait for you guys to. You got to come out uh, next week. We're going to do something special, and uh, in, in our weekend service, and in, in an interview, and, uh, and it's going to look different. It's going to sound different. And I and uh, Pastor Ian and Katie are going to be sharing with us. So don't want to miss out tonight. We're in. Uh, part four of Free From Your Past. So we got a lot of great things uh, planned. Um, in, in Hopefully by the end of May, um, we're going to have, uh, well, let me, I'll let, I'll do, I'll, I better not prematurely announce that. 303-690-3000 is the number, 303-690-3000. But I can prematurely, because it's not, announce this. We are having our refresh conference this year again. Our Refresh Conference is for leaders, servants, and pastors, and their wives. Anyone that serves Jesus is welcome to our conference. We took a year off, but we're not taking this year off, and we're providing this conference to our city. Uh, it is uh, in it is Calvary Church in cooperation with Grace FM, and we are providing this conference to the broader body of Christ, uh, and we are wanting to serve you, minister to you, and we've got a very special conference. Worship guests this year for the entire conference, which is basically Friday night and Saturday to the afternoon. We have the worship team from Passion with us. And if you're familiar with Passion, you sing a lot of their songs in your church. Uh, Chris Tomlin came out of Passion, Christian Stanfield came out of. I think Christian's going to be here. I think he's still with Passion. So the Passion worship team is going to be here for our. They will be doing our refresh conference, and it will be a ticketed event. Uh, We aren't ready yet to announce the tickets in October, Uh, and and so this is the only time Passion's going to be coming here this year. Uh, We tried to get Elevation Worship to come out, uh, but they're already in Denver, and so we weren't able to get, they didn't want to do two events in the same, so Passion will be out, and you will be blown away. It is it is going to be a tremendously, ref- and, and the whole point of our conference is a refreshment. We will have the Word of God. We will have a solid Bible teaching of ministry to your heart, but it's going to be a time of rest and resting in the Lord. You serve your heart all, all year. Let us serve you. Let us minister to you. Let us stir up love and good works. And, and so we're looking forward to providing this to the city in cooperation with Grace FM. So more information is coming out. Um, Be listening for it, but Passion Worship is coming to Denver in October right here at Calvary Church. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, Let's go right on to line one in Denver. Jeremiah is calling. Denver, or excuse me, Jeremiah, welcome to the program. How you doing, man? Good. What's up?
3: Uh, Well, I have a wonderful praise report and prayer request. Okay. Um, my co-worker gave his life to Christ today, uh, during work.
2: Huh, that's fantastic. So, Praise yeah. God that he used you.
3: Yeah, man, it was really, it was really amazing.
2: Wow. So, that's awesome. Um,
3: yeah. So I, uh, I've just been super excited ever since I heard, um, uh, I've been, uh, preaching the gospel to him for several months now, and, uh. And so it was just like, I was wondering when I was going to hear that you gave your life to Christ. So
2: <laughs> really day
3: the way that it happened too. So Right on. Yeah. So uh, I was trying to see, i just reaching out to get some prayer for him that uh, the Lord would, would just lead him and guide him by his Holy Spirit and that he would uh, have, I mean, I'll, I'll disciple him uh, as much as I can at work and stuff, but uh, that he would have someone to disciple him and... Uh, just grow in the Lord.
2: So. Okay, do you have any, any materials that you can give them? Uh, I'll buy him a Bible. Good. <laughs> Up on our website uh, at calvaryco.church, uh, uh, on our website there, we have a tab that says How to Know God, Okay. and, and that's all the basic uh, new beginning, new believer Bible studies that we give to people that commit here. Um, cool. And so, all you you can print them out. You can use them. Um, it's it's a pamphlet filled with uh, questions. What's next? You can walk them through it, uh, and it's all under the tab "How to Know God."
3: All right, awesome. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll relay that to
2: him. Okay, well, let's pray. Father, I pray God for this new believer, and thankful that Jeremiah is being used at work and be, was able to be to to hear today of the glorious transformation and commitment that his co-workers made to you and I pray that even as we were talking this morning uh, in our staff meeting I pray God that the seed of the gospel was planted on good ground that it won't be choked out that it won't be trampled upon that it won't be stolen away um, but that the fertileness of his heart was truly a commitment and decision leading to eternal life to being born again uh, because, God, we know in your word there's no example anywhere in the Bible of anyone being unborn again, ever. And uh, and so I pray that that's the real deal, and that you continue to use Jeremiah in a wonderful way to share and love and serve and be the example of what a godly man looks like in the workplace. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen. Thank you very much.
2: Okay, bro. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Nick, also from Denver, Colorado. Nick, welcome to the program.
0: Hey, Pastor Ed. time hey. um, caller.
2: So. Oh, welcome.
0: Oops,
4: sorry, Pastor Ed, let me turn on my radio. Um, okay. I had a prayer request for my wife, if oh. you'd be so kind. Okay. Um, She's going through some health problems right now, mm. and um, we just found out that she um, had a little bout of Bell's palsy, and we're praying for that to subside. Um, it's given her a lot of discomfort, okay. And you're uh, just worried for her health, so I was just hoping that you know the prayers from a righteous man would would help us out.
2: Okay, is can you share her name? Is that all right?
0: Uh, yeah, her name's Jennifer.
2: Okay, Father, we lift up Jennifer to you with these constant battles with um with her health and this scary uh, episode of Bell's palsy because it it is scary, Lord. Not sure what it is—is is it a stroke or what what's going on. But now that we've identified that, we're grateful. But we're also uh, grateful, Lord, that you hear our prayers, and when you hear our prayers, God, you answer them according to your will. And so we pray for her health. We pray you would strengthen her. You pray. We pray, God, that you would be with her and her husband. That that as they as they endure this trial, uh, you would reveal uh, you would reveal your perfect will through their lives. And while they wait, and while they serve, and while they endure, um, that God, you would. Um, you would find yourself, they would find themselves in a place of perfect peace, trusting you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
5: Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. God bless.
2: Let us know how it goes, would you please?
5: I, I will. I surely will. Thank you again.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. bye bye 303 is the number. 303 690 is the number. Uh, let's see here. Here's a text message it says, and by the way, text me seven two oh three three six zero eight nine seven if we have time, we'll get to them. I received a text I've been told that I can judge that I I can judge or should judge is this biblical example would would be to say abortion is wrong um, but not to say to someone you are wrong for agreeing with. Well, I'm not sure what your full thought is. But let's I, let's deal with the question that's clear. Are we to make judgments? Not only are we to make judgments, we should make judgments, yes. Remember, Jesus forbid us and taught us not to make hypocritical judgments or hypercritical. He talked about judge not lest ye be judged. Uh, he talked about getting the, the, the speck out of our eye or the log out of our eye before we try to get the speck out of someone else's Uh, He gave us guidelines on how to judge righteously because right after that, you know, some people will turn that and go, see, Jesus said not to judge. Well, you have to keep reading um, because as you keep reading, Jesus says to make judgments. And you're like, wait a minute, Ed, I don't believe that. Well, you need to read carefully. So let's just go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, where it says, Judge not that you not be judged. For with what judgment you judge, you'll be judged, and with what measure you use it, it'll be measured back to you. Don't look at the speck in the brother's eye. Uh, Remove it, you know, and he says hypocrite. So hypercritical, hypocritical. And then what does he say in verse 6? A lot of people miss this. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine. So Jesus at the same time Saying not to hyper, that for those of you that say, Well, Jesus says not to judge here, Jesus absolutely says the opposite. He's telling you how to judge righteously and rightfully. And then he says, You're going to have to make a judgment who's a dog or not, who's a swine or not. You wouldn't be able to obey verse six unless you made a judgment. And, and so I know that in our culture today, um, judging has a negative connotation because many times it's just wrong the way people do it but we make judgment all the time. We judge what time it is. When we look at the light, we judge whether it's red, green or yellow. I mean, we make judgments all the time. The idea that Jesus is teaching is that we don't we're not hypocrites. Hey, you know, you've got this issue in your life when all the while you're you're living in sin. Well, who who are you to hypocritically or hypocritically judge someone else when you yourself are in rank sin. He says, don't do that. Don't be a hypocrite. He says, before you judge, right? Verse 5, first remove the plank. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. It is good to remove the speck from your brother's eye after you deal with yourself. So it is okay to judge. Um, We should. Here's another one. Is it okay that I listen to End Times, Jack Hibbs and Jan Markle? Yes, it's okay. It's okay to listen to Bible studies on the End Times. But it's not okay to listen to Jack Hibbs, to listen to Ed Taylor, to listen to Jan Markle and, and believe everything we say. You're to search the scriptures and test all things, uh, holding fast what is good. And you're not to take someone's opinion and use it as scripture. Um, you're, you're, you want to be, you want to be careful to, to study with a pastor, to take notes, but the Bible is the final authority, not a pastor, not Jan Markle. The Bible is the final authority. And I personally really enjoy the ministry of Jack Hibbs. Uh, I don't know him personally. He's a part of our family of churches. I don't know him personally. I haven't met him, but I do appreciate him very much. And we should know the times in which we live. Um, I was just looking today. Let me read you this scripture. I was just reading today in my devos, uh, I was reading a devotional from A.W. Tozer, and in today's A.W. Tozer, he quotes uh, this scripture about the sons of Issachar in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And it says, And the children of Issachar, were, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, the heads of them were two hundred. And so in First 1 Chronicles 12.32, we learn that the sons of Iskar understood the times. We need to understand the times, uh, no doubt. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm glad that you asked that question. Um, because in the Devo, listen to what, this is from March 20th, um, A.W. Tozer. It's a Devo, Tozer for the Christian leader. It's a day-by-day Devo. And let me just read it to you because it's worth it. And I quote, a prophet is one who knows the end times and what God is trying to say to the people of his times. Today, we need prophetic preachers, not preachers of prophecy merely, but preachers with a gift of prophecy. The word of wisdom is missing. We need the gift of discernment again in our pulpits. It is not the ability to predict what we need, but an anointed eye, the, powerful, the power of a spiritual penetration interpretation, the ability to appraise the religious scene as viewed from God's position and to tell us what's actually going on. Continued quote, what is needed desperately today is prophetic insight. Scholars can interpret the past, and I, I, I highlighted this one. Scholars interpret the past, but it takes prophets to interpret the present. <laughs> like that, chew on that one for a while. You know, all of you that want to be scholarly, that's good. But what of where's the prophetic? Where's the insight for today? What does God want us to do today? What does his word mean today? Obviously, we discern what it meant to the audience so that we can learn how it means, what it means today, but I continue. It says, learning will enable a man to pass judgment on our yesterdays, but it requires a gift of clear seeing to pass sentence on our own day. Another kind of religious leader must arise among us. He must be of the old prophet type. A man who has seen visions of God and has heard from the voice of the throne of God. Tozer, don't mess around. End quote. That was actually Tozer, don't mess around was outside of the quotes. 303 <laughs> 690 Pick up that Devo. It's really good. Uh, Priscilla93 is in Denver. Priscilla, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, Pastor Ed. It's always a pleasure to have a word with you.
2: Great. What's up?
4: Um, well, I know that we've touched base on this probably a couple years ago. Um, <clears throat> my husband has an addiction. Um, and not only my husband, you know, my siblings and family do as well. And um, I just recall that you basically said, you know, just keep them in prayer, pray, 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 pray. Well, it's been a couple years, and yes, my I feel uh, my prayer life has become a lot stronger, even more these last couple months. Great. But I'm but there's, I'm I'm really confused, and I know that some things were not, some of the scripture, and I and I don't want to say this incorrectly, but mm-hmm. um, I I've heard that maybe you shouldn't take some of it literally, you know, um, like poke out an eye or you know something to that, and I too am a follower of Pastor Ed Taylor and Jack Hibbs, and Jack Hibbs has this um, one of his. Uh, scriptures were out, and he had said, you know, if you, you know, have issues or whatever it might be, you know, you, you don't go break or boast anything, you know, you talk to your brother, it's a sibling, husband, or whatever, in private. If staff doesn't work, then you, um, you know, take it to the council. If staff doesn't work, ultimately, you know, you're not even supposed to sit down and have dinner with them. And I think that came from Matthew. Don't quote me on that. I don't have my uh, study book guide in front that's of okay. me. That's okay. So but when
2: you when you share that, what conclusion are you coming to?
4: I basically just stay completely away from him. Um,
2: from your uh, husband? Well,
4: that's what. <laughs> so that's kind of my question. I guess when he says, "You know, you're even know, so I mean, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm at this time I can't continue to try to move forward with my own personal growth. With God, because I feel that I'm being held back with, you know, his addiction, and I, I just don't know how to move forward with us, and I don't know because I know it worse isn't you know an option or legal separation, but I just don't know personally how to further my growth where where I want to be with the Lord, with heaven, and I want to call it maybe a setback.
2: Well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a few questions. Uh, okay. Are you in any physical danger at all?
4: Oh, no. no.
2: Okay, that's good. So um, what you're, the question that you're asking, first of all, we take the Bible literally, um, all of the Bible. Um, there, there would be no way for us to understand what the intention of the Bible is without taking it literally. So we, we definitely take it literally. And okay. wh- what we do is we interpret each of the passages in their own context before we try to compare them. And so the, the passages that relate to your marriage, they tr- they they overrule that sense that you're not to you're not to uh, keep company with someone that is an unbeliever. You know, as a matter of fact, when you put them together, um, you'll notice in Corinthians it says that you're not to 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 keep company with someone that says they're a believer and doesn't act like that. They act like an unbeliever, right? Um, and, and so you've got a hypocritical believer that's pretending but living in rank sin. But that's within the context of the church family. That's not within the context of marriage. You are married to this man, and what you're experiencing is why we warn everyone not to be unequally yoked. Because there are great consequences that come with being unequally yoked. Now sometimes we become unequally yoked because we got married as unbelievers— and one of the spouses got saved. But many other times people are single and they're willfully choosing to marry an unbeliever. And the Bible forbids that. And if we do what the Bible forbids, we're gonna suffer the consequences, which is what you're experiencing, some really difficult consequences. And in some ways he is holding you back, but in many ways he could never hold you back. And you are the one, the Bible says, that bring a sanctification or a blessing upon his life day after day, year after year. And the, the passage not to keep company with him does not apply to your marriage. So thanks for okay. calling. You hear the music. 303-690. We're almost, almost at the break. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Got a text message. Coming in here, have I ever heard of Dr. Gene Kim? I have not, but a quick search of the titles of his videos, uh, I would not uh, receive what he has to say. Um, so I like to read the Bible. Uh, I like to study the Bible. I, I don't like to listen to people that are hypercritical and, and just want to propagate their um, channels and get information. So I'm I, I just looking at his titles Um, I'm sure that some of what he says is accurate because some, some of what we, you know, some of what a person says is going to be, you know, even when they're reading the Bible, it's going to be accurate, but I don't support him I haven't heard of him I went to, uh, check out the titles, just looking at the titles of his four top demon pastors. Um, women have a secret power that demons want. (laughs) Okay. Um, just pass on it. 303 690 303 I mean that, that that's crazy 303-690-3000 All right uh, we're going to go back to the phone lines let's see here uh looks like David and Greeley's calling David welcome to the program
1: Yes thank you You're welcome Last week your last caller had a a question about the DNR do not resuscitate Yes And you seem to be on the side of you know don't do it if you really if it's it's whatever your conviction is.
2: I that is my side. You heard me correctly.
1: Okay, my side is I do have a DNR. Okay. And uh, I just want to tell people the reason I do is I I have a lot of chronic physical issues in my life. OPD my back is I've been suffering for 35 years with a lot of these things and <clears throat> it's like I get I get really tired and I get really weary yeah. of going through this life but I I am thankful for what I can do I can still walk and although some days I'm completely incapacitated but I I guess my reasoning is, if it's my time to go, I I don't want to stand in the way of that. Sure. I, I just want the Lord to take me in, and I know I'll be a lot better off when I'm in His presence. So I, I did think about this some. I've had it for a couple of years now, and yes, but I didn't want anybody to deny me of my Ticket to go back to go home to Jesus, and I right. said, "Well, you know what?"
2: So let me ask you a question. All right, uh, how is resuscitating you denying you your ticket to go to heaven?
1: Because they're they're keeping me here on this earth.
2: They're they're keeping you alive. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and there's something wrong I, with being alive.
1: Well, I, I'm just the way I suffer.
2: Yeah, first of all, let me. I know we're not talking theory here, so let me just be careful to say, um, while I while I'm not experiencing the suffering that you're suffering, I'm sorry that your body is bringing so much pain to you. Thank Um, you. I know this isn't just a theoretical discussion for many people; it's a real discussion like you. But I just suggest that resuscitation is in no way whatsoever denying you the promise of God that you'll be with Him forever. Now, well, I guess you could say but, delaying,
1: well, okay, if in that a would sense,
2: but but oh, even point. then, according to Psalm one thirty eight, we all we all die at exactly the time that God yeah. had had predicted. But but when you're, you know, when since you let, let's say you were my family, and that's the decision you made, I would honor that decision, right? And just like the medical community would, I would honor it. But the, es- the essence of our conversation last week, even though I've fallen aside, you've fallen aside, um, the essence of our conversation last week was make sure that you have one, otherwise p- other people will make decisions for you that right. may not reflect your values, your love of Jesus Christ, or even what you've vocalized, especially in the realm of death. M- some will take, because there's no paperwork, they will choose death for you when you wouldn't have chosen that. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, like the, the reality of a, of a DNR, you know, that if you don't have the paperwork on you, uh, and it's not readily available, they'll, they'll bring you back because that's, that they're trained, the medical community's trained to, to save lives. And, and so, um, I, I really want, um, I hear your point and I really want, I want, I think that the essence of the, the point that I was trying, the biblical point I was trained, not just your opinion or my opinion, but the biblical point I was trying to make in our call last week was life belongs to the Lord. And mm-hmm. I, I, I recognize who would want to be in there, who would want to be brought back with such a great, I recognize that. And right. that's your decision to make before the Lord. I just, I just want to make that decision toward life and let the Lord yeah. sort that out. If he wants me to live in that condition for his glory, to bring glory and honor to him, um, to teach whatever, however he wants to use my life, I want it to be used for him.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going through that now. I Yes. I certainly don't serve the Lord like I used to. I just yes. can't get out and do what I used to do. But
2: but I bet you your prayer life's and, exploded. Pardon me? I bet you you're, you have a prayer life that's expanded and exploded.
1: Yeah, it's, I'm working on that too, but that is one thing I can do.
2: Because I mean that that's a that's a tremendous powerful force that that is especially um, you know is especially uh, powerful for people that are homebound. All right. Um, but oh. I, I mean i i don't want to I don't want to talk theory with you because I'm talking to someone that experiences pain and sorrow every day, and yeah. and we don't want to minimize that for the for the for the sake of our theoretical decisions. You've made your decision, I've right. made mine, and and I want to be, when I teach the Bible, I want to be as close to the Word of God as possible. Um, right, And that's why, in a real way, in a lot of things that I share from the Scriptures, I'm grateful that I, I'm not responsible to make decisions for other people. Um, but I know in our experience, uh, my son did not have paperwork. Uh, and decisions were made for him that that did not involve my wife and I, his own parents that were inconsistent with his desires. And so now that that's really the essence of what's formulated this particular uh, conviction um, and and really having to study the Word of God and, and define what God, what life is according to God. right And uh, you know it's it's a tragedy um, in every sense of the word when, that paperwork's not there, and oh, a, yes. a, an adult child's parents have no say in the right. life of their son. That's oh, I, just, I so, can
1: imagine what you two went through
2: to that. That's really the essence of that, and it's not to lord over, you know. And I'm glad that you called to discuss this and share because it's not to lord over someone. Um, I want to have empathy with you I want to come alongside of you, but I also want to encourage you, David. Your life is as much as as hard as it is. Is valuable to the Lord, you're important oh, yeah. to him, and you're no less a person because of the pain, but I'm sure you're tired of it.
1: oh yeah i I get weary and i I just know what awaits me and and who awaits me and, That's right. so I'm ready, but the the question the sister was saying was it a f- form of suicide to, to have a dNr? And uh That's
2: a, I mean I've never heard that question formulated that, I, that way, but it's a good question. I
1: said, wow, yeah, I never thought about it that way.
2: But I do think it's in a different category because you don't sound hopeless. You know, no. usually um that that essence of suicide really comes from a hopelessness. And I, I don't you know, even in the even in the last few years in my grief, I've voiced, man, I, I just would I would rather be in heaven. Um and yeah. I voiced it and I meant it. I wasn't just saying words. I meant it in every sense of the word, but I wasn't suicidal.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, not. I, either, was just like ref-
2: I was just saying what you said. It, it, it's, I want to be there, and I mean it. But right. I, Like Paul, Paul said the same thing, remember? Paul the Apostle, the inspired answer. by the Holy Spirit, said, you know, I, I want to be absent from the body. I want to be present with the Lord, but to be right. here with you is more needful. Yes. And I don't think those are words of suicide, um, I believe those are words of, of being released and being in the eternal realm and being free and encouraged and everything that you're looking forward to. Um, but even in your broken condition, because we're all broken, but you're mm-hmm. a little bit farther along in the brokenness than I am, uh, yep. that, that your, your life is still just as valuable and God wants to use well, you, even in your limitations. And it's interesting, and I'll let you close, David, but it's interesting while you, just as I took your call, um, a brother in our church posted a picture that popped up here on my phone uh, on his Instagram account. His name is Steve Martin. Uh, he's a longtime um, member of our congregation, and God has used him in incredible ways. But uh, about a year or so ago, he, con- he contracted ALS. Mm-hmm. And it is not slowly but extremely rapidly um, deteriorating his body. And, yeah. and he posted a picture with a big smile on his face in his brand-new wheelchair, uh, and and he struggles and he and he wrestles but in his broken body his mind is as sharp as it can be mm. but in his broken body he's communicating to everyone that follows him on his Instagram account and his um what do they call it GoFundMe account. Uh, right. he's he's communicating hope, love, his faith in Jesus Christ and, and literally the brother is 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 struggling physically um but also has been given such a disposition i mean it's humbling to see his disposition he he encourages me um in an in in amazing ways as my heart breaks with his and
1: attitude is means a whole lot
2: so. it does can i pray for you sure father i pray for my new friend david and greeley and just really wrestling with the reality of life and the end of life decisions um and i i pray for his pain for his frustrations, for just the, the desire to be uh, released from this body of death. And I pray for him, God, when he's discouraged, I pray you'd encourage him. I pray when he's weary, you'd strengthen him. When he's sad, you'd encourage him. And I, Lord, I thank you for the discussion. I thank you, God, that we can talk about these things. I also thank you that you've given us the freedom to make these decisions and when we do we make them unto you and you know it's it is it is a painful thing to see our bodies disintegrate lord and i pray for my friend steve and his wife cheesa and the kids and just knowing that all the things they face and so much pain and hurt in our church and around us lord we want to be we want to be faithful to uh, encourage and help others through their time of need and that we'll be able to comfort others with the comfort with which we have received ourselves. And so, God, I pray for David as he makes these decisions for his own life, that you would give him that strong conviction, and you would stand by him as he seeks to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you, Pastor Ed. Thanks, David, for calling and sharing a little bit of vulnerability with us. All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to move right on to line two is Colleen. In North Glen, Colorado, Colleen, welcome to the program. Oh, I'm sorry, Colleen dropped. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to go right on to. Oh, I think I might have Dustin and Decono. Sorry, um, Dustin, are you with us?
5: Yeah, I'm here. How uh, are you doing, Pastor? Ed?
2: Good. Let me pause real second, Christopher. I clicked you. Please call back. Um, I hit your button by accident. Call back, okay? We'll we'll. Th- there's a line open for you. Dustin, welcome mm-hmm. to the program.
5: Yeah. Hi, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm good. What can I do for you?
5: Um, I, um, you know, I, can, I kind of feel bad. I, I, I have a question It's probably not as important as some of the other people's, but
2: <laughs> that's okay. I mean, everything, <laughs> the, the show is always a good variety and, and sometimes you can only handle one hard call a, a show anyway. So what do you got?
5: Um, well, I've kind of been wrestling with something because one of my, uh, you know, one of my friends told me about just about like, uh, like I, I, I personally, I don't have anything against, uh, like women pastors and stuff. Um, I was just wondering, um, the church that I've been going to, um, I, uh, I'm just, the thing is they've, they kind of are a startup church. Okay. And, and, uh, like, I really like going there yeah. and everything. And um, the only thing is uh, I'm not sure about, like, some of the changes that they've been doing with their staff and stuff. Okay. And, like, like, um, I just don't know where, like, kind of just with women's roles in the church and everything. Okay. I just, I just you know, I, I don't know if they're going to be planting churches or whatever, and I just didn't know if... I was just going to see what your thoughts were about just because I, I believe both the men and women, it's important for both of them to share the gospel together. Yes. And, um, the only thing is I don't know about, you know, having a whole just staff completely filled with just, you know, just women. And, um, and so I'm like, I just feel like, uh, some of the roles are just, you know, meant for to be men to step up in these roles. And, and uh, I haven't been at the church very long, of course, but I'm just wondering, like, if, you know...
2: Well, let's talk about like, that. Let's talk about it, because okay. uh, it's a real important um, aspect of our, of our ministries, and, and it's good to talk it through biblically. First of all, let's start with uh, the creative order. Um, God created men and women, and He created us both in His image, and therefore, we are both equally valuable in the eyes of God. Uh, men are not greater than women; women are not greater than men. Um, there's a there's a fancy word for that. It's called ontological, and it just means by our nature as human beings, males and male and female are equal. We are equal in the size in the eyes of God. Um, as, as far as our value and our nature. However we're also created differently. Uh, We are equal, but we're distinct. And so God has determined both biologically as well as by DNA and by observation that men and women are distinct, Mm -hmm. or another word of that is different. Right? Are you you with me so far?
5: Yes. Men are
2: men and women are women. And because of that, there are distinct roles that are given to men and women. For example, uh, according to the Bible and common sense, a man is a man, and a man is a husband when he gets married, right? Yes. Is a man ever a wife?
5: (laughs) No. (laughs) No, although
2: those lines are trying to be blurred today, and we can certainly use that word, but they're not a wife. A man becomes a husband, and a woman becomes a wife when they get married. That's a distinction. Number two, and this is, again, we've got blurred lines to some degree, but not very much. But there are some things that a woman can do that a man cannot do. And one of those things is have a baby. Um, A woman is uniquely created by God with all of the internal products— uh, that are necessary to conceive and and carry a baby in the womb for nine months and deliver that baby. As a man, I'm grateful for that. I don't know how many babies we'd have if men could have babies. Um, yeah, I don't know that that would that was that was genius on God's part. Um, a man cannot. Now I know that there's some science and things, and you might see an article here and there of, of a pregnant man, but it's not real. Uh, it's not God's intent. It's not God's design, and we're just talking about how God revealed himself in us in the Word of God. And Now, a woman having a baby, um, having that privilege of, of uh, carrying a baby—by the way, not all women are able to do that, unfortunately, with infertility, and so even a woman that is can carry a baby is distinct from a woman that's unable to carry a baby. But here's my point. My point is this. For a woman that can carry a child in her womb, is she better than a man in any way? No. No, she's just different. That's the right answer. She's just different. She has a unique gifting but it doesn't make her any better than a man. It doesn't make her any better than a woman that can't conceive. it. We're not talking about better here or inferiority. We're talking about function and distinctiveness, uh, and there are pretty obvious um, distinctives between a woman's body and a man's body, and on and on we can go. Now, when it comes to the authority in the Bible within a church, the Bible seems to indicate that the pastoral role and the role of elder is to be given to men. We see that in 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Tim, excuse me, yeah, 1 Timothy chapter 3, 1 Timothy chapter 2. We see that in the life of Jesus. Jesus chose 12 men. Although many women were serving and in places of importance, there was not a woman as one of the apostles. Now, there are some people that disagree with that and you know, disagree with it from the, they disagree with 1 Timothy 2, they disagree with teachings in 1 Timothy 3, they disagree with these, these things. And I can respect the disagreement, but the Bible places a strong limitation upon a woman in 1 Timothy chapter 2 when Paul says, I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man. Now, there are different ways of interpreting that. Some churches believe that that is cultural and doesn't have any bearing on today and that women can do anything that men can do in the church. And partially what they base that on is that women are equal, so they can do everything. But we've already made that point that women are equal, but there's also distinction. We've already made that point. So you can't base it just on the women are equal or men are equal because, of course we are. Women are valuable, and they're important to the life of the church. Here at Calvary, women... Have very key places of leadership, including all of the pastor's wives, whether they're serving in some capacity here or they're supporting their husband or ministering to the kids. Pastor's wives are co laboring in the gospel with their husbands, but they don't have the function of a pastor. Even though in some cases they convince their husbands of something. Are you married? I'm not. Um. Well, when you do get <laughs> married, you will have a wife that I'm sure will convince you to change your mind at times. <laughs> and the reason being is that that's, they're, they're right and you're wrong. And I, and I can just speak for myself. I'm sure the other guys could agree. But my wife is a godly, gifted woman of God. And on more than one occasion, she has corrected me, corrected my thinking, Corrected my understanding of something and I have yielded to her point. And yeah, can yeah. she do that according to God? Oh, yes. Yeah. But she doesn't have a role of leadership in this church. She, I mean, excuse me, she doesn't have a role of pastor or elder in this church, but oh. she is a spiritual leader you could say that she is a key leader you can see that she has over over she has had a leadership position over men uh, she has ministered the gospel here but she's not a pastor or an elder and that's to me the only biblical limitation upon women is to hold the office of pastor elder yeah. now some yeah. guys go farther and say no a wom- woman can never teach a man well I don't really see that in the Bible. Remember Timothy? Timothy was, who Who taught Timothy? His mom and his grandma. Yes,
1: correct.
2: So at what age, like my, my wife, um, if my son was still alive today, he'd be 32. My middle son is 26. Exactly when does my wife stop t- teaching them? Because now they're men. When does she stop teaching them?
5: Do yeah, you know? Probably
2: never. <laughs> never. So obviously the limitation of a woman teaching a man can't be absolute. Otherwise, I guess, then we'd have to figure out, well, when does a boy become a man? And and and, and that's not God's will. Like, it's absurd. Um, and so then it becomes, well, a woman can't teach over doctrine. Well, what else is she going to teach? Her opinion? Yeah. So if she's going to take the Bible in hand and she's going to tell my boy something or have something to teach me, what else is she going to teach me? She's going to teach me uh, something from the Bible, some teaching from the Bible, and any teaching from the Bible is going to handle doctrine. And so I don't believe that's an absolute restriction of women to teach men. As a matter of fact, women are incredibly valuable to the body of Christ. They do a tremendous amount. This Friday, this Friday, my wife is going to teach men. Alongside of me at our women's gathering, I mean, our marriage gathering. I don't want to be a part of the women's gathering. And our marriage, we have a marriage (laughs) gathering. Marie and I are going to co teach that together. And when she's speaking, I'm going to sit there and listen to her and learn from her. And when she makes a bunch of mistakes, I'm going to correct. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) That was, let's laugh at that. But I mean, so I think we have to sit down and really, I do believe that the eldership and the pastorate of the church, I can establish biblically that are men, but that in no way, number one, demeans women, no way relegates them to second-class citizens, no way it limits their ability to teach, to convey biblical knowledge, to um, share testimonies. I mean, next Wednesday, we're going to have Katie up on the stage. Katie and Ian, they're, Ian, they're going to share with us. Katie's going to be sharing um, her specific biblical-based views on adoption and foster parenting. Um, I think women are very, very, very important. But biblically, I can't see biblical support for a pastor or an elder that is a woman. I know there are people that disagree, and I'm okay with that, but I don't see it in the scriptures.
5: Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was I was also going to comment... Uh you know when um, the the good thing is um, jesus gave the great commission for all of us that's correct so the good the good thing is you know both men and women we can share the gospel yes in a, like, like in and we're you know jesus likes it likes that when we when we you know out of love when we share our, our story and and the gospel with other people
2: you're right that's a good point yeah.
5: And I guess I was just, the the church I had been going through, to going to, is uh, tr- thinking they're going to be starting, like, another church, and, um, you know, the thing is, that I don't think they have a lot of staff, so, like, you know, uh, they're, you know, he, the guy, the pastor was just, like, telling me that they're training, they're training ministers, okay, and so, I don't know, I was just, you know, the, that's, I was just wondering, like, is that, that's kind of like, you know, if... Because they need people to be able to start these churches, and both men and women, and they may need to cover certain amounts of roles. You know, I'm not. Well, it's not better. It's better to be the lead pastor, but
2: I would just say it's better to clarify. Don't assume how they're going to use everyone. It's better just to ask the question. Just ask them straight up. What what issue troubles you? Um, because <laughs> women are ministers. Women can be deacons. They are servants. Women hold high levels of leadership in our church, uh, including the administrator of our school, um, and every woman here has tremendous um, responsibility. And like I said, like even the pastors' wives, although they may not be on staff, are very important to the life of a pastor and a life of our church. So it's it's good to train women to be ministers, and it's good to train men and women. Like not like that. That's I think that in the long answer that I shared, that is the essence oh man, we're almost to the end. I'm sorry, but that's the essence. Uh, I I think you should talk to them and ask your pastor the troubling questions you have and let him answer them, okay? We're out of time. We'll see you tonight, seven o'clock. Grateful you were with us today. Great questions. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow, same time. God bless you.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live,